Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the 19th episode of IG2G. Today, we've got a special episode, as we always do, because I'm going to tell you, do you like Star Wars, Darth Vader, all those guys? Well, we're mm-hmm. going to be talking a little bit about them. Do you like micro monsters that you can fit in your pocket? Well, Maybe. you might hear something about that. I don't know. Do you love animals and people and them crossing one another? Oh, well, you're in for a treat today. <laughs> Stay tuned because we got all sorts of awesome stuff coming your way. Top five releases. First up, we got Monster of the Deep Final Fantasy 15. This dropped on the 21st of November. This is a VR-only game developed by Square Enix Business Division 2. Ooh, what a fancy name. And published by Square Enix. This is, like I said, a VR game, standalone adventure for Final Fantasy 15, in which you put your little VR headset on and you go hang out with Noctis and the crew. You get to go ride in the car and look around and be like, oh, there's one bro. And look over to the side and there's my bro sitting next to me. Oh, it's so cool. I get to hang out with the dudes. And then Noctis is like, hey, bro, want to go fishing? None of my other buddies know how to fish like you do. Let's have a fishing bonanza. Woo-woo. And you get to do all kinds of fishing mini games. You get to go on, like, little quests to upgrade your fishing rod and your fishing bait. And your your goal is to catch the monster of the deep. I think there's a little bit of, like, light gun-type shooter segments. Like, you fish, 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 and then you got to catch the boss fish of the lake and like you shoot arrows at it to weaken it before you can actually catch it catch it but from what i've been hearing it's a nice cool little like vr hangout slash fishing game so if you loved final fantasy 15 if you love the crew in there and you're a millionaire who just spent a whole bunch of money on that psvr this is the game for you man hell yeah and let me just state really fast I'm glad his Noxious dumb buddies aren't there, like Ignis and them, because you know what they did every time I fished in Final Fantasy 15, Matt? What's that? They stood behind me, criticizing my every move, <laughs> crying and whining when I was fishing for more than five, ten minutes. Mm. And when it got dark, all they did every two, hey, we should make a camp. Hey, we should make a camp. So you know what? Screw those guys, because they don't understand <laughs> what it's about, man, what fishing's all about. I mean, building a fire is just going to scare the fish away anyway. They're going to see the reflection on top of the water. They're just going to be like, what yep, the hell's that? Coming. Mm, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm a nocturnal fish. They're idiots. They know nothing. Yeah. So this is going to be awesome because it's just you and Noctis, man, hanging out. That's right. Bro time. And let it be said that a great game, no, a glorious game, has come to the Nintendo Switch. And that glorious game is The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Everybody's familiar with this game. I shouldn't even have to really talk about it, but holy cow, I will for five little seconds here. It was released November 17th, 2017 for the Nintendo Switch. It, of course, is a version that is not quite the the expanded collections they put out earlier this year, but it's also better than the original edition of it. So it meets in the middle somewhere graphics-wise. It's everything you know and loved about Skyrim. Everything's in there. All the things are beautiful. The combat's fantastic. And like I said, I'm not, I don't even got to talk about this game. This is ridiculous. Everybody knows what it is. I just wanted to let everybody know that the Nintendo Switch has it and you should be buying it. And speaking of spending money on an old game for a brand new way to play it, I'm going to tell you about Skyrim VR. So if you got a PlayStation VR, if you got, you know, your Oculus hooked up to your little computer here, you can play Skyrim in VR. Now, pretty much just like the Switch version, the graphics are a little 
you know, weaker than they are in Skyrim proper. I've been hearing that the movement is a little jankety weird because, you know, you can't turn yourself around in VR, so you got to, like, turn in chunks. So that's what most VR games have to do anyway. But that's here. I've been hearing there's a little bit of graphical glitches with like enemies getting inside your HUD if they're like super in melee range. But other than that, I've been hearing really good stuff about this because you can still walk up to a dragon and like tilt your own head up in real life and feel like the dragon is towering over you. You can, you know, walk through a forest and find this big giant waterfall you look up at. So the scale and everything else is really impressive. Technically, it's not that great, but it might get patched out. So hey, buy Skyrim on the Switch Buy it for your VR. Buy it on every single possible way you could ever buy Skyrim. Just buy Skyrim. Just have Skyrim. You should have Skyrim somewhere at some point in time in your life because you know what? You want to make 20 hours progress into a game and then get lured in by a pretty redhead lady into a house and turn yep. into a werewolf and lose everything. <laughs> that is an experience you need to have. Uh, or you could me. just you could just be like the champion of the world and have everyone just raining riches down on your face and get like your own house with a servant who will carry all your stuff. So when you loot like ten thousand pounds worth of stuff, you can just be like, "Hey, servant woman, here, take this. Now I can run, and you can run anyway because you're magical. Who cares? Woo! Perfect. And speaking of magical, one last thing I'll throw out there for the Switch version is, oh, amiibo support is there. So if you go ahead and get yourself some Zelda amiibos popped on there, and your loot chest will have a chance to drop a Zelda-themed piece of gear. So you can get looking like old Link, and then go out there and fight them nasty little dragons and your little Link get up and just, you know, pretend like you're a magical little elf boy. Now, that that was a big old giant number two, so I'm going to have a little bit of a quick one here at number three, released on the 17th of November for the 3DS. Hmm, gee, what could it be? It's Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon, developed by Game Freak, published by the Pokemon Company. This is basically a retooling slash update of the original Sun and Moon. It's got a slightly tweaked story, slightly tweaked characters, slightly tweaked Pokemons and evolutions, slightly tweaked all kinds of crazy stuff. All the abilities, you got like different game play stuff you can do if you love the original sun and moon this is going to be a nice update slash throwback for you go ahead and pick it up if you're a pokemon fan so (laughs) coming back to buying old games like the last two topics have been actually the last two releases buy skyrim buy a new sun and moon hey why not buy the sims 4 oh man that came out like three years ago oh but not for ps4 and xbox one bam sims 4 is here it dropped on the 17th of november just like pretty much all these games we've been talking about holy crap who would have imagined but this does contain all of the free update packs that have dropped all over the three years of the sims 4 and i mean it's sims 4 if you love the sims and you want to play it on a console this is the way to do it i've been hearing that there are some control issues just because anytime you port a pc only or a pc heavy game to a console you have to make a lot of concessions you got to find alternate control styles from what i've heard there this one has like two different menus that you have to switch between there's like the in in-game menu and then you hit the touchpad or a different button and it transfers you like out to the like the menu menu for the system. And sometimes that's a little bit glitchy. People have been stuck in one instead of the other without a way to go back and forth. They've been saying there's a couple of performance issues here and there, but not anything that would ruin the experience for you if you are a diehard Sims player. And if you are, you're probably the only person who's picking it up because you probably had it on PC. Now you want it on your Xbox. Now you want it on your PS4. Buy old games. Just buy old games all the time. Buy buy them again, buy them again, buy them again, buy them again. Over and over and over again for all of eternity. (laughs) 
lastly on the release dates is one we're going to talk about more if you tune in and listen up just a little bit later on in the wonderful show and that's going to be star wars battlefront 2 this game was published by ea it was developed by ea dice motive studios and criterion software it was released november 17th 2017 on the playstation 4 xbox one and of course pc this game has a story. Oh, oh my God. Everybody wanted a campaign. There is a campaign. It's six, seven hours long from what I hear. There is, of course, all sorts of different modes and multiplayer. You get to go on to all the spaceships fighting. You're on the ground going through epic storyline battles and the different environments. You can do just some death matches, all sorts of good stuff. If you liked the original Star Wars Battlefront, I doubt you're going to dislike this one. But, hey, you know what? Tune in. We'll talk more about this wonderful title. If it's something you're interested, get out there and buy it or maybe wait. I don't know. It's up to you. We'll see. <laughs> Number five. We thought we'd start this off tonight on a on a low note, I guess, because that's a good way I, to start I things. I didn't think we'd start it <laughs> off that way. I wanted to be Johnny Positive, but okay, bring us down so I can All right. bring us back up. I'm bringing it down. Actually, I'm not bringing it down. This is a conversation, I think. Eh, you know that we should have it's all over the place it has been for a long time but there's a good point to bring it up and what am i talking about well if you don't know disney of course owns marvel now well that's fine i guess right they're making some Mm -hmm. cool movies that's cool so marvel then went and said hey gazillion which is a developer who made the wonderful or not so wonderful i don't know because i haven't actually really played it marvel (laughs) heroes game which is an online only game free to play has all the microtransactions to do all sorts of cool things with inside doesn't really matter it's not the point of the conversation however especially doesn't really matter now (laughs) yeah so they said sorry we're taking marvel back you've lost the license you have to shut the game down gazillion says okay we're gonna shut the game down oh oops Earlier than they even said, which was going to be in December, they just shut it down this last week. And then, on top of it all, Gazillion fired the entire Marvel's Heroes team. Mm-hmm. They're all gone. Laid off. So that's another kick to the old choo which is a sad, sad thing. But that's also not the topic of the story. <laughs> Here's the topic. Marvel Heroes is gone. Poof. It hasn't been out that long. Mm -hmm. It did not last a very long life, and it was a free-to-play online-only game, which now everybody who went in there and bought $40, $50, $10, $5, $100 worth of things, items, it's gone. doesn't exist. They don't own it anymore. Mm -hmm. So my question is, is this something we're all okay with? Is this the future? Are we okay with games becoming online-only? And then when they shut down, you know, lose their team, lose their people, lose licenses, whatever the case is, and they go bye-bye, are we okay with the fact that at that point our investment, $50, $10, $100, whatever it was, is no longer in a physical or, what you know, whatever you want to call it, entity, mm-hmm. a thing, but in the time spent in that particular thing? It's weird to think about because... Personally, I've seen this happening slowly over time just because I used to be a big Madden gamer and Madden always had an online mode. And then every year, I think it would roll over like two months into the new game and then they would shut the old servers down. But you could still play, you know, the default single player franchise mode, blah, 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 blah. 
So I've sort of gotten used to it, but at this at the same time, now that there are games that are only multiplayer online based, I don't know. I, I'm okay with it just because as a business sense, you just can't keep servers up and running all the time for games that are super old or games nobody's playing anymore. But as a consumer, I'm not okay with it because, you know, even if it's free to play, if I spent time in it or even, you know, actual money, losing all that and having it just go, well, it's, that's it. It's gone forever. There's no way to do anything with it again. That's, I don't like it. It stings. It hurts me. I don't like it at all. And I'm with you. At the very least, it definitely hurts my feelings. It makes me sad because something that you put a lot of time into, and especially if you add money into the factor, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a part of it that you own yeah. at that point. And I'm an old school gamer. I grew up buying physical copies of games. I still do this day because I'm an old grimer and I don't want to convert to the new world of buying digital only. Mm. I like looking over to my right and seeing a copy of a thing that's mine and no one can touch it or take it from me unless, of course, they try to kill me or something, in which case I'm going to kill them anyway and they're not going to get it. And then I'm going to drink their blood and add their bones to the Joe Shrine. But that doesn't matter. That's all irrelevant. The fact of the matter (laughs) is this thing that you put money into goes away. It's longer yours. If it's done quickly, like say the day before it went off, you spent 20 bucks mm-hmm. and say you didn't look at the news. You had no idea it was going anywhere. You spent 20 bucks, bought this new character. was like, cool, tomorrow's going to be awesome. I'm going to play with Thor and his bunny skin. It's going to be great. Next day comes, game's gone. So at what point do these companies then have to go, okay, this person got screwed over. Do you pay back a certain amount of people for a certain amount of days or time in mm-hmm. if they bought items for the free to plays or game, free to play games? And if they're, of course, once again, we take this to another level, say they spent $60 on this title and it was an online only game, and then a week later it goes offline and goes bye bye. Well, what do you do for those people? Are they just SOL because they weren't paying attention to the news or whatever thing stating it was going to go away? How does that work? And I think that's the real sticking point is, I mean, especially in this situation, like they said they were going to stop supporting it in December. So I feel like as soon as that announcement gets made, it needs to be in the game somehow. Like when you log in, it's like, hey, news. Attention. No no longer supported, you know, through December or after December. And then you also need to, I mean, I was just saying this like, in a consumer-friendly way, you also need to freeze any kind of microtransactions you have right then. It's like, hey, you know, unless it's something really small, like, hey, here's a two-match XP boost you can get. I mean, you can buy that still if you want, but if it's like, hey, here's the $20 unlock everything pack, it just seems really dishonest to leave that up there, just mm-hmm. going, hey, shiggity shiny, especially if you didn't notify them in the game, because nobody does that, because... You know, as a corporation, as a company, you still want people to go, oh, look, I'm up and I'm playing. There's still a game. Ching, 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 ching. Oh, it's gone. Oh, that sucks. But then especially in this situation where it's, hey, we're planning to shut it down and then we're all gone. Like, Uh there's no way to do that, right? But I feel like as soon as that announcement or the thought of it gets made, it needs to, there needs to be some kind of warning in the game or in the store or something. I was going to say, I think for anything that you can purchase that you have to actually buy, it's not free to play. At a certain point, once they make the announcement, they're going to ha- they would have to, to do this right. 
of course, put it in game. Hey, this game has 29 days till it's unfortunately being shut down forever. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that you either a stop buying things via microtransactions, et cetera, et cetera, or just be aware anyway that this is going to occur. And then retail stores have to put a little sign up by the game that state attention. This game only has 24 days left of shelf life. Be aware of that before purchasing. And I think that's where it's really going to not ever happen because you'd have to put that up as the notice on the store page in the PS4 store, in the Xbox Live store. Everywhere. And it's it's never going to happen, but I think that you... You have to find a way to do that. Otherwise, you're just screwing over the customer. And in the end, you're going to have mad people. and just Hey, I bought Overwatch in 2020 because I found it at a used game sale. I put it in, and I can't play it anymore because it's just gone. Oh, well, there's no recourse for you, but there needs to be some kind of notification system so this doesn't ever happen because, I mean... We've said it before. This is just the way things are going every now. Everything's online. Everything's all you know, server-based over there. There has to be some kind of way for you to know not to get it once the servers are off. You know what I mean? Yep. And everyone's so like, hey, I'm so happy and cool with this digital world, but I keep balking at it because of this very thing. Mm-hmm. I buy it digitally. My PS4 fritzes. Something goes wrong. A computer glitch happens. Anything could go wrong, and you will no longer own a title. Mm-hmm. doesn't exist. It's gone. And there's nothing that'll be done about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're super lucky and it's a really great day and they're feeling super generous, they can they'll somehow compensate you. And I did hear reports in this particular case of like Gazillion, not Gazillion, but uh, you know whoever you bought it from, PS4 store, that kind of thing, giving money back to players for uh, you know in-game purchases on some mm-hmm. cases. But I don't know the validity of that. I've just heard that was the case on some fronts, probably not all fronts. I'm sure not on all fronts. It's just a sad state of affairs. And it seems like most people are okay with this. A lot of people I talk to say, well, hey, you know, I got to play it for a week or two and I spent five bucks, but the time I put in was worth my five bucks. So I'm not upset. And it's like, well, I I totally get that. You know, there's some Mm -hmm. games I've played for hundreds of hours. And if it went away, and even though I've spent over two, three hundred bucks on some of these titles, I would be okay with that because I put a lot of time into that and I feel like it was worth it. But mm. on the same hand, I put $250, 300 into this thing and it can just go away. And I never, it's like, I never owned it. It's like, mm. I didn't own it. I gave you this money for the item to own this game. And I'm going to say own, yeah. And I don't. But I don't. I don't own it. You just let me play it, and now it goes away. I'm not down with that. And I think the only other thing you could do is kind of the thing we've teased about with Battleborn on third shift proper is if you do ever end up shutting those servers down, like get one last big giant patch that puts all the multiplayer options into some kind of single player for you know whoever's on there. So you can play against bots or you know, split screen with your homies or something. I mean, I know a lot of these games won't have those kind of systems, so you can't do it. But if there is some kind of system to make bot matches in the game, I think you need to at least have like, hey, here's the big 20 gig patch that just lets you play bots, you know, on your own solo here. If you, you know, if you want that, download it because in two days or three days or a week, the multiplayer servers are going off. You can still download this patch at any time, but you gotta you gotta give them something, so mm-hmm. it's not just like, hey, I have this disc and it's literally worthless right now. I mean, that's what 
Overwatch will be whenever that stops getting supported. Because there's going to the training stage and that's it. Like you can't do anything. You can't play a match. You're just gonna be like, hey, here's a thing that's you can't play anything with. Just put it in your PS4 and look sad. <laughs> which is which is terrible, and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be that way. I've owned a billion titles growing up, and they're all still in the shelf, you know, behind me and over to the side of me. Mm-hmm. And at any given time, I can hook up the appropriate machine, put the game in, and play it yep. because I own it. It's mine. It's there. It's all on a thing. But with games, the way they're moving, it's always online. Everything's put there, playing with other people, the games as a service models, blah, 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 the free-to-plays with microtransactions. This is where we're heading right now. Not to say this is forever the way to go, but for now it is. And I feel like even if we veer back, we're going to lose like an entire five, ten-year span of games into this weird void where we were like, yeah, we were trying out a always online games as a service thing or whatever we want to talk about call it and they're those are just they're just gone they're gone hey you want to play that you never will you never play any of these titles because they're all gone that's the weirdest thing of it is you already hear about even physical games that no longer work just because you know the batteries die in them or the circuits die in them and these are games that nobody will even have access to the hardware for to have the code in your hands like if gigantic or gazillion or all these other online games just hey we shut it down we purged all the data from our servers because why would we keep them anymore because we're not supporting the game now the game is just gone like it's literally gone there's no way to find it or play it or archive it or keep it for posterity or even remember it unless Mm -hmm. you played it and or you saw somebody's write-up of it or a video they posted up years ago and even that's going to go away eventually because youtube will go down or this format will go away it's funny you mention that because there were some arguments and a lot of people are stating that is how we will remember this coming generation of gaming is through YouTube videos and such. Yeah. You're, if you want to know what a game was like, you're going to have to go back to YouTube and whoever was covering it and doing Let's Plays of it and watch those. And that's the only way you're going to be able to say, oh, that game, now I understand what it was. And it's like, that is terrible because yeah. some Let's Plays, let's face it, have people, some people don't like, act, do things that you don't like or whatever. And you got to find that one maybe in the bush somewhere that still exists that's just like a playthrough, you know, or a silent playthrough or with someone commentating that's enjoyable for you. Mm. And I think that just sucks. And, and even that, you know, we've all watched games being played, but when we, but then when you actually play it, it feels totally different or you're immersed because of the controls or the way the systems handle versus what they look like on a screen. And that's going to be totally lost. So it'll be like... Even if you listen to a commentator, oh, wow, I'm just totally in it. Well, it would look the same as a game that has really clunky and awful controls, but just plays okay, you know what I mean? So, like, all these aspects of the game will be lost just just because it's just video. You're not going to understand anything about what you have to do or how it feels. I, man, you just made me really sad. Well, you know what? Let's wrap it up with you being really sad about it. I think we we went on long <laughs> enough. I would love to hear and maybe talk about this more in the future as it either unfolds or maybe we'll be completely wrong and it just completely turns around and it was only a few exceptions that you know hit the hit the dirt and everybody forgets about them. Mm-hmm. But I do want to know what people think. So if you guys want to write in, send us some letters, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. I am interested to see what everyone thinks about this particular subject because it's very interesting to me on what people deem worthy of their money and what they expect from games and what they what, what they don't from some others, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's very strange. 
Number four. So f- you, Johnny Negativity. All I've got this week is good, happy news. And since we're talking about legacy games from forever ago, I'll even open it up with something that's not even on my list. It's not even on this giant list oh, of good, good stuff I got. Good. You've posted about it. You've seen it. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on everywhere. Blizzard, what, what is it? World of Warcraft Classic is coming back. So if you wanted to play vanilla World of Warcraft, you can play it. All the people who've been running those quote fingers illegal legacy servers they're all crying they're all super happy this is what we've wanted forever good news for you guys who love that kind of stuff i agree with that i agree except for the fact that i don't want to play on no classic but i'm glad for people who do because if you remember (laughs) it was kind of jankity but nobody remembers because rose tinted glasses are an amazing thing that's right So we're speaking about online games as a service. People were saying, oh, man, CD Projekt Red, one of my favorite developers out there in the whole business, they're thinking about finding a way to integrate online into Cyberpunk 2077. And then the actual boss of CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk tweeted out, and he was like, hey, you know what? Think nothing less than The Witcher 3 when you're thinking about Cyberpunk 2077. Single-player, open-world, story-driven RPG. No bullshit. Just honest gaming like Wild Hunt. So I'm sure there will be some kind of DLC aspect, or maybe since you're in a cyberpunk world, maybe you can like interact via messages or hacking with other players. But it sounds like this is, hey, if you get a disc that says Cyberpunk 2077 on it, you will still be able to play one badass game no matter what kind of online, offline situations going on. That's why I love CD Projekt Red, because they just come out and say it, you know? They just tell you, hey, this is what we're about. We're about making fantastic games, and we're going to stick to that model. We don't care where the world's going. We don't care if it comes back. We're not concerned with any of that. We're concerned with making great games. Mm-hmm. I like that. And the fact that the single-player game's still going to be around, fantastic. That's what I like CD Projekt Red's new title. It's on the fence for me. I need a lot more details on this game first. As soon as they said this, single-player story-driven RPG, I got fully on that fence. I was sitting on it. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I went, jump. Now I'm in the grass. Now I'm You're rolling in the grass. Rolling in the grass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, I love cyberpunk anything. So any kind of you know future noir type dealy that uh, cyberpunk always is, I'm in fully. Now we're talking about new games, two new sequels that are coming out that I'm super jazzed about. These are good news as well. First up, because I know you're going to love this one because you said you do. Valkyria Chronicles 4, it's going to be coming for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Oh my goodness, look at you. Happy days are here again. And this is going to be coming to North America and Europe whenever it's finished in Japan. But they're saying that this is the full-on, old-school Valkyria Chronicles style. So none of that new stuff. This is going back to the old style of Valkyria Chronicles 1, 2, and 3. And it's getting a big release on all three platforms. I'm Happy Banana. Oh, it's going to be glorious. They're using the water paint, texturing, and the lines, you know, the the line drawing and all that good stuff again. Mm -hmm. Just, it's going to be gorgeous looking. And if it's just like Valkyria Chronicles was, what wonderful strategy RPG you get to pull out. I I am pumped. And it's going to be taking place during the second Europa War. So you're going to be familiarized with the same kind of things you were in Valkyria Chronicles, the same uh, engines, weapons, you know, tanks, that kind of stuff. It's going to be great. I look forward to watching and following this one. Oh, it's going to be oh, good. Good stuff. Yes. Absolutely. Now, the second sequel, this is going to take a bit of an indie bent. 
is the uh, the awesome indie game To the Moon, a really narrative-driven game made in the RPG Maker engine, but this kind of blew up big. Everyone really loves this game. It's getting a sequel called Finding Paradise. The follow-up is coming sometime in December of this year. I didn't even know there was a sequel in the works, but it's coming. So anybody who loved To the Moon, which is a lot of people, a lot of YouTube people, you're getting more of that in Finding Paradise coming soon. Good news. I'll wrap up my first good news segment with another little one. This one I'm not too familiar with, but we're talking about content that'd be lost, content that was, you know, no one would ever see again. This is something people never thought they'd see in Bloodborne. In back in 20, I think it was 2015 or 2014, there was a trailer for it and that featured a giant flaming undead enemy. And people were like, oh man, that looks so cool. But when it finally dropped in 2015, nobody could find it. Where's this cool enemy? Oh, we, we're going to assume they must have just cut it. But just recently, here in 2017, after two years of release, people were delving into the deepest dungeons, and they found that enemy. You know, again, I don't play Bloodborne a lot, but this is just one of those cool stories of just, we assumed that stuff, you know, just got cut from the game and put away and we'll never see it again. But here it is, and it took two full years to find it. So what else is hiding in that game's code? What else are people going to discover that's brand new to people? That's just freaking awesome. That's just a testament how bad man pajama that game is. True. Just like Dark Souls. Yeah, what a good man, you know. Or maybe that original Demon Souls, man. Yeah, because I know a guy who played <laughs> that game all the way through. I know a uh, guy who thought uh, he thought if he finally got to the, that stupid wizard and could buy his spells, <laughs> things were going to change. Uh, oh, what a lie that was. What a lie. <laughs> So that wraps up my first big package of good news. There's going to be more for you later in the episode. Number three. So you didn't see it, but Matt, you know, he came over and he hit me in the head and he said, you need to be on the happy train. So I said, you know what? Let's do it. Because I jumped in to Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Oh, yeah. Made by Nintendo. It's for your phones, you know, iOSs, whatever. Blah, I don't know. understand the nomenclatures on phones. It's for your phones. For my Motorola Razr from <laughs> yeah, 2001? Yes. Or the Kraken or Razr 2 or whatever them phones are. I don't know what phones are. Samsung Galaxy 4, 2, <laughs> Is this three? for my rotary phone that's still attached to the wall? Ring, <laughs> ring. <laughs> I could call my animal friends. Yes, well, maybe. I don't know. Whoever still has a landline, I'm sure they're animals because what kind of animal has a landline anymore? The gorilla in the zoo with a landline phone. <laughs> Give me the banana. <laughs> Coco, good gorilla. Uh, it's funny you bring up gorilla because, you know, in Animal Crossing, it's you, a little human dude, and you're going camping. But guess what? You're surrounded by all of your animal friends. There's an eagle man. There's a doggy. There's a sheep man. There's a birdie. There's all sorts of animals, and they want to be your friend. What? Are you familiar with Animal Crossing? You're not? Okay. So neither was I. But I said, I want to play this game. I want to get into a little tap, 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 roo game. And that's exactly what this is. So the gist of it is, as a bunch of animal friends are in an environment, you as the human player want to go and make these animal friends happy and then invite them to your camp to hang out. That's it. Simple, right? Now the added thing is, 
is you want your friends to come visit your camp and hang out and do fun things. And then you want to go visit your friend's camp and hang out and do fun things. And you want them to look cool. So they've introduced all these fun little things like furniture that's pretty, furniture that's fun, beds and tables and reading lamps and cool little accessories for your camper. Wow, that sounds fantastic. And not only accessories for your camper, Matt, but you can upgrade your camper to a better camper and then travel around to the little islands. What? What are you talking about? Well, I don't know if they're little islands, everybody, but they're different sections in which you can go. And one, you'll sit there and you'll collect bugs and stuff because collecting bugs is good. And you give it to animal friends who like to have bugs to eat, have bugs to play with. I don't know. They just like bugs. So you collect them and you give them to them. And they're like, hey, you're my buddy because you got me two beetles. And then your heart goes up and they like you more. And they're more likely to come visit your camp and play with your toys. And that's what you want. Right? This is this is Animal Cross at Pocket Camp. Now you're asking, how do you catch the bugs, Matt, before you interject here? You got to tap, tap, tap a roo on the screen and you catch a bug. You tap, tap, tap a roo on a fishy, you catch a fishy. And give them to the Eagle. Eagle wants to eat a fishy. I don't know. That sounds legit to me. Yeah. You go harvest. You can harvest your crops. You got, like, pears, apples, things like that. And then they give you, like, cool downs. You can't go back for, like, two hours. And by doing all these things, your friends, they say, hey, here's bells, which is, like, some kind of in-game cash. And then there's, like, you know, stuff you need, like wool, steel, things like that to help you craft. Because there's a crafting system which allows you to build all these said things for your camp to make it cooler and upgrade your stuff. And then there's also leaf tickets, which is the scary part, Matt. This is where the microtransactions come in and they eat you up. Minus 10 stars. Well, it's a free-to-play game. You knew something was coming in, right? So you get these leaf tickets and you get them for free by doing these missions and completing set objectives and making friends with people just like I talked about. And these are used to accelerate crafting. You know, you can make your chairs faster, make your campers faster, things like that from the individual who upgrades said stuff. But if you want to do it quick, you need those leaf tickets. If you want to do it slow and take your time, well, then you don't need the leaf tickets. If you're happy with what you have and know that you want the super cool triple-decker camper, but it's going to take 500 leaf tickets to get, and the ones you get in free game are only going to add up to take you a few weeks to probably earn that many, no big deal. But if you have a very weird nature and you just have to have this triple-decker camper tomorrow, you're going to have to purchase leaf tickets to purchase said camper Hey, no one's forcing you to do anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with the particular system. Some reports say they're not liking it. They say it feels a little bit dirty. They don't want it to be there. But I don't think it hinders the game. It's a fun little tapping game. You get to make your little animal friends, bring them over, go visit some other camps, get good ideas for your own. I enjoy it for what it is. I think it's fun. Eh, you know, I know you're going to get it, Matt. Come on. Come on, Matt. So this is a game all about building up your place so your friends will come over to it and see how cool it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in real life, you have a cool house with a cool bar, but none of your friends come over to see it. Like Never. Ever. ever. So no. this is a replacement for your real life. This is what yes. real life would be if your life was cool. If my life was cool and had gone the way I thought it was going to go. Yes. Maybe I should get this game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, then then I'll have literally no excuse to come over because I'll be like, dude, I just visited your camp in Animal Crossing. We got we got to high hang out. We, we hung out in real life. We we fished. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, oh, it's not Borderlands night. Let's hang out. All right, let's go fishing on our phones. Boop boop boop. Caught a fish, dude. What'd you catch? 
Boop, boop. Oh, you caught, you caught a marlin. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I'm Good hang out. Good hangout, bro. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Fantastic. Awesome. So, yes, I'm not a phone person. I don't play phone games, but I picked this one up. I don't know why. Just something said I should probably give it a shot. So I did. I think it's fun. I think if you got nothing to do and you need like five minutes during your poop break or things like that to waste some time, this is the perfect thing to do because you can easily hop in, do two, three things. There's objectives in there, short-term objectives, long-term objectives. So you can be like, oh, I need to get three apples. Okay, click, click, harvest, harvest, harvest. I got three apples, boom, you get free stuff. And everybody loves it when you get free stuff and complete Mm -hmm. things. And you can do it in literally a minute, a lot of the short-term ones. And even the long-term ones, you do something for five, 20 minutes tops and you get some of those. So... Easy way to feel good and have fun. Nice. Number two. So speaking of feeling good and having fun, it's time for more good news from your buddy, the good news king, Matt. Oh, I got I got so many crowns. I, I'm the uh, editing king. I'm the trivia king. I'm the good news king today. Oh, boy. God bless it, Matt. <laughs> so first two will be games that are getting continued support, which is always great. First up, it's Rainbow Six Siege, the game that everyone said was DOA as soon as it showed up. It's been rallying back with a vengeance with just continued content packs. More people coming in. The latest operator pack, I believe, is in the PTR or was in the PTR earlier this month. Got three new operators, all kinds of new abilities and tech and techniques and all that stuff. So if you are a Rainbow Siege person... You're getting more Rainbow Siege. Just, I mean, this is just like the division. It just keeps pumping, keeps chugging, keeps coming along. Oh, oh, oh. More support, more support. And this is another online multiplayer game. Getting more support, staying alive. You can still play it. Boom. Nothing but good stuff there. I just want to put it out real quick. Watch what Ubisoft does, everybody, because yeah. they seem to keep pulling together with their online games and making those suckers survive, even when they seem to be having a little bit of heart failure at the beginning. They bring it back every time. So watch them because something they do is doing it right. I was going to say, not just making them survive, but making them thrive. Here's all the issues we had at the start. All right, fix, 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 fix. Here's a big jump in content. Fix, 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 fix. Here's another big jump. They just keep it going. They got the formula, like you said. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one, this was a bad news story earlier in the year. Now it's a good news story. IO Interactive, the guys who did Hitman, the 2016 season pass edition of Hitman. Hitman is getting a Game of the Year edition. This actually came out on the 7th of November, apparently. And I totally missed this cool story, but it is an awesome story. It's coming with a brand new campaign. It reuses the levels, but retools them in, I think there's like four different levels. It reuses them, but retools them in all kinds of different ways. You got new targets, you got new... Uh, objectives in the levels you got new ways you can play within the levels you know new things you can do you got new elusive targets i think they're refreshing the elusive targets from the previous season so if you didn't have a chance to do those you can do those now it it won't refresh if you have completed or failed them so if you didn't get a chance to do them now they're coming back again it's got new escalation missions with new suit and weapon combinations so just adding all kinds of new gameplay new ways to play into this game that people didn't know was going to get any more life after what it originally got so it's not a full new season and at least not yet but it's more content added to that already great game that we weren't sure was going to get any more support I'll just add to that little good news, too. Not only is that coming along, as you just stated, Matt, but they ended up keeping their uh, franchise, Hitman, 
yep. and have announced that they're making a new Hitman. So, oh, nice! Ta-da. I didn't even know that part. Yeah, they're they're still chugging along, and they're going to keep going at it. So, expect to see more from them in the future. Awesome. Now, the next two will be system improvement type good news stories. I had talked to you guys before about the Steam review bombing, the way they fix that with the, you know, the chart of reviews over time and how that works. They were finding that people were abusing that system because you can submit a user review and then you can say it was helpful or not helpful. So people who wanted to troll, hey, look, it's a good review. Not helpful, not helpful, not helpful, not helpful. Oh, this is a bad review. Helpful, 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 helpful. Lol, I screwed up the system. Now they're working that again because they're, they're evaluating the accounts that are used to do, you know, these multiple review review reviews, I guess I would say. And so they're they're tracking that better. They're actually making these accounts that do, you know, these multitude of reviews. Uh, each review you do kind of is considered less and less and less as it goes on. And then as a whole, that's all getting reviewed. So, again trying to take away ways that people can abuse systems, you got to make those systems more trustworthy. So when you see a review, you can see why somebody gave it that review, and you can trust that it's not just some troll, it's not just some jerk. Good news there. I love it. I like it too. Even though I always say take those reviews with a grain of salt, make sure you're going oh, yeah. around to people and things you actually trust and known entities that you like listening to or hearing on a regular basis. Because... A lot of times, even though a lot of people are like, oh, this game's a five and a five and a five and a five and a five, but there's one guy you know who's a lot like you in his gaming taste says, hey, this was a solid eight, dude. I thought it was a good time. You might want to go with that guy, not even what the meta score is, even though, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just take it with a grain of salt, but I do like it because it is a very nice thing to have. You can be like, oh, I heard this game was okay. Doing boo 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 boo. Oh, it's got a Metacritic rating of this or this or this. And then instantly you can at least get a a feel for where it's at by you know the three tops the three lowest and where it's averaging Mm -hmm. and that reminds me of another cool thing that they did say in this steam review article is if a game has an overall like 80 percent positive review if you click on that it'll show you 10 reviews eight positive reviews and two negative reviews or if it's 70 percent seven positive three negative so you can get a fair or at least a fairer understanding of what people do like and don't like about this game i thought that was pretty cool too yeah that's cool too i, I just like anything that gives you both perspectives in a intelligent and informative fashion mm-hmm. it's awesome yep and then oh my god I'm going to talk about Destiny 2. This is the last piece of good news here. Oh, my God. I I didn't understand either. I started writing it down. I was like, this is really weird, huh? But I feel like this article told me a lot about this system that was going one way, and now they fixed it to go another way because of people's feedback. This is all about the Destiny 2 XP system. Now, as you level up from 1 to 20, your XP just gives you levels. Uh, You know, you level up, you got power up, everyone has a great time. Levels, levels Levels are great. But after 20, as you earn XP, you basically level up your bar, and each time it levels up, you get a bright engram. What's bright engram? That's the loot box from Destiny 2, right? That's right. That's exactly what it is. You can buy it from Tess and the Eververse, man. And it gives you all these cool little thingies, like cosmetic things for your guns and ships and sparrows and blah, 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 blah. And everybody likes them. It's a cool thing to have. Now, everyone loves bright engrams, but you can also buy them with real-world cash. So they are, you know, your typical loot box type thing. Now, the issue that people were having with the XP system is they noticed that in certain situations, you would get, like, it would tell you you got 5,000 XP or however much XP. But when you, were, when you started off 
with your bonus levels, it would give you this big chunk for that 5,000 XP. But the next time it would give you a smaller chunk and a smaller chunk and a smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller chunk. So people are like, well, what the heck? Why are you, why are you giving me less rewards in game? This is just encouraging me to go buy loot boxes with real money. And what they said was, Bungie actually responded to this whole thing saying that activities that were a lot longer and required a lot more time, like crucible PvP matches or the actual raids, were incentivized to give you a little more XP than they normally, than they actually do, and that things that took, you know, a, a shorter amount of time, like public events or things you can just get in and out quickly. The adventures, yeah. Yeah, those were kind of dialed back, so you didn't really get as much XP as you would have. So, you know, it, it seemed off, even though it, you know, they had a certain system, it wasn't really communicated well to the player. So what they did, because of all this player feedback, they just turned that scaling off in either way. So your 5,000 XP is just going to be 5,000 XP across the board, you know, no matter what it is. There you go. So I think this was a good fix for now. I feel like the players who are on that... Uh, you know, that, that higher end who were doing that content that took a lot of time might feel a little bit of a burn from this, but I feel like all you'd have to do is just switch them back up a little, just, you know, weighing on how it all balances out. Mm -hmm. they, they said they're going to be watching it and making sure that people are still happy and seeing what time versus reward works out to be. But I thought this was a, a good example of here's a system we have a problem with. And they looked at it and they said, okay, well, here's what we actually did it wasn't communicated well to you guys, but that's what was going on. And here's the fix we're going to put in for now. See if you guys like it. See if we like it. See if everybody likes it. And then we'll adjust it as necessary. I agree. It's nice to see them doing something about it. I will state, I think it's fun because there's so many people that are angry about it and say they rigged the system so that way yeah, yeah. they're getting less rewards and blah, 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 blah. So, but either way, no matter what you subscribe to, it's been found out that this was an issue Everybody knows, and instead of just going, eh, you know, uh, we had no idea, we don't know anything about nothing, they mm. went, okay, yes, yeah, so here's why it was happening, here's what was going on, let us just change this and fix something up here and see if you guys like it better. Boom. It's beautiful. Thank yeah. you, Bungie. We appreciate it. Now, you need to just get your heads in there and get some more content out, because I need to get back in there and rock it out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, bud. Thank you, bud. There you go. Fantastic. So that that concludes. I'm I'm looking in my bag right now. Oh, I don't have any more good news left in that bag. You know, I'm sure there's more good news out there. Maybe I'll scrounge some more up for you guys next time. But for now, it's time to dive into our main event of the evening. Number one. So we're going to talk a bit about Star Wars Battlefront Two. We already told you this game recently came out. And it came out to just a whirlwind of poop and sadness and all sorts of things. It's yay! Wow, <laughs> Holy more bad shit for the gaming man. industry. Hooray! This game has just just had the licks given, and it's done bad move after bad move after bad mm -hmm. move. So, the biggest problem, of course, was the microtransactions. Yeah. Everybody was up in arms how they were just trying to rob you using the star cards and all this other crap. And it was nasty. It was bad. Mm. It was real bad. And, and I think at least some of these complaints are pretty valid because, I mean, I, don't, I haven't played Battlefront 2, so I don't really know. But even just researching the topic for the show, it was, hey, as you level up, you get access to more powerful star cards you can use in the matches. But if you just buy a loot pack, it can drop you like... 
not the most powerful card because they took those out of the loot packs, mm-hmm. but you can get a card you wouldn't be able to make at your level and you can just use it right away. So you literally could pay to win if you got powerful drops out of those loot boxes. Right there, that's as soon as you say the words pay to win, everyone flips their tables, yeah. burns and it them. was, yeah. <laughs> and it was bad. And and then they also went ahead and were like, hey, you know what? Do you like Darth Vader? Do you like Luke Skywalker? Like the two mm-hmm. main characters that everybody wants? Hey, let's charge an extreme amount of credits for you to purchase these guys. <laughs> hey, no, but you can still get them in game. It just is going to take tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of matches. You got to be mm-hmm. dedicated, like playing this game nonstop for a few weeks or you know or more to get it. It's okay though. Uh-huh. Or you could you know just go dump five ten bucks in the thing and then and then you pull it out. It's no big deal. We recommend you just go put the money in. <laughs> now, the, the, this is this was another interesting one because you know people were so showing that if you played X number of multiplayer matches, and literally today I just saw something on Kotaku where a guy wired up like a robot to hold his controller to play multiplayer matches while he was at work, so he could farm credits because the credit you know requirement was so extraordinary for this stuff. But they showed that you know you need to play for three solid weeks. To be able to unlock Darth Vader, even, you know, just playing multiplayer matches constantly, constantly. So they said, well, hey, here's what we're going to do because everyone's pissed off about it. We'll lower those requirements by 75%. Well, that's great, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But then everyone else said, hey, wait, if I complete that main single player campaign, now it only gives me, it gives me 75% less credits than it did before. (laughs) Oh, you noticed that? Oh, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I will say in their defense, I think what they said was pretty good and that once you complete the campaign, you're really only supposed to get enough credits to unlock Aiden, the main story girl, as Mm. one of the heroes in multiplayer, which does make sense to me. And then also the fact is they didn't decrease the number of multiplayer credits that you earn. You know, people, as soon as they saw the single player reward go down, went, hey, they've decreased credits everywhere across the board. But no, they didn't. They just did it in the story. Because you use the story to unlock her. I mean, that made sense. Even if they are not telling the truth, it at least made sense to me, that justification. So I I didn't think that one was as bad as no. everyone made it out to be. No, I, I agree. It wasn't terrible. But it was just one more one more pee in the pod, you know, just yeah. racking it up. And then, of course, they're like, all right, okay, everyone's going nuts. Here, here's what we'll do. <laughs> We're just going to take out microtransactions for now. Mm-hmm. Until we can figure this out, and of course they didn't say permanently though. Yeah, they didn't say permanently. Just just for now, until we can get this poop storm <laughs> over our head uh-huh. and out of the way. But how did that go? Well, well, see, I don't I don't know how that went because this is the one part that I actually had conflicting feelings about. Like, yes, okay, everyone's mad about this thing. All your users are mad about it. You should do something about it. But are all your users mad specifically about this because they've experienced bad things with it in the game or are they mad about it because everyone on youtube says you should be mad about this so we're all mad about it Uh, even though we you know we just play the game like normal people and we're not like loot box monkeys like everyone says it is like this is the hot button issue any game that has a loot box in it now gets ultimate crap Uh and and i feel like they went oh what's going on? Okay, everyone hates loot boxes. Turn them off. All right. Everyone cool? It feels like catering to the trolls, in my opinion, in a certain way. So I don't like that they did it, but 
they did listen to their customers, so I do like it, but it just feels like it feels like they needed to find a better way to do this that didn't just look like we're sick of getting shit here. Just whatever. Have it your way for now. I, I see what you're saying, and I partially agree with that. But on the other hand, I think it's like they got grounded. That's what I take it like. Yeah. You were screwing this up. You kept doing the wrong thing with your microtransactions. You were not making this work correctly, and you got a slap on the hand, mm. and you're grounded. Take your microtransactions out because you obviously don't know how to do it right. You can't get your <laughs> head on straight, so you don't get to have them. Mm-hmm. You've been naughty. Microtransactions have been taken away from you until you can figure it out. <laughs> and that's what I hope they're doing. I hope they're yeah. sitting back and going, okay, let's look at companies who are doing the loot box correctly. Let's see where people aren't crying and whining and complaining about loot boxes mm-hmm. and try to emulate that instead. Because in that portion of the game, they are just they were just messing it up. Yeah, I, th- I think they've taken some decent steps. Like they took the best cards... They weren't even put in the loot boxes. I think epic level cards have been taken out now. But I feel like the whole Battlefront setup is weird that you can take these card boosters into matches anyway. Because even reading like the reviews, people are like, well, you know, there's such high time to kill in this game, even though you're running around like a crazy person. But it might just be that he's got a level 3 health boost on. Well, why should you be able to take those boosts into multiplayer anyway, let alone get them from a loot box? I feel like this game just has issues all the way across the board. I don't I don't get it. I'm, I'm glad I never got on the Battlefront train, so mm-hmm. I can't be really upset about it because I don't play it, but it's just it's just a mess, dude. And that's what I'm saying is I think overall they've mired themselves too far into this. Yeah. I don't think there's any way of truly saving it because the whole progression system from what I hear is wonky. It isn't working. It's unfair. It mm. gives you like random upgrades to characters you might not even like or use. And so you're over here just fishing for nothing. And then, mm. of course, that just incentivizes you to go buy you know, the upgrades because you want your character to be amazing. And so you got to go buy, 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 and hope that they get the upgrades instead of some wonky person you don't want to use. Mm-hmm. It's just all this is bad. And like you said, anytime you give anybody a way to benefit or be better in a multiplayer arena at all is not good because then you take away all of the skill because you can just buy your way into being a crappy player to being an average player or an average player being an awesome player. Mm-hmm. That's bad news bears. And it doesn't help that the, the multiplayer modes... From all reports, most of them are just okay. I hear that the gunplay's been upped and all that. My biggest complaint with Battlefront was when you shot at things, it just it felt like air. Like you're just mm. like pew 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 pew. There was no meat to it, no hefty hefty mm. feeling like you're actually shooting and it's actually going into the spot in which you shot. It just felt arcadey and wonky. Mm. I hear that this one has a little more heft to it, but it still has that just light run and gun weird feeling that i never jived with Mm -hmm. so uh, i I was a little sad to hear that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i don't even know what to say about this one anymore it's just i mean i've heard that the like the story's pretty decent i mean it gives you big star wars moments even if it's not all connected i've heard that there's more coming as you know the last jedi the actual movie drops there's going to be more content for that but just this whole the whole like the whole online multiplayer part which has been battlefront's mo since forever is just like just it's just a mess i don't well and how they, do you how do you screw up the one thing you're I, supposed to the do one thing right you're supposed to have perfect and yeah. it's just 
wonk fest all over the place. <laughs> and then the story everybody wanted, they threw in, and they made it seem like it's going to be this big, awesome tale all the way through about Aiden, Eden, however you want to pronounce her name, mm-hmm. and her going from the dark side to the light side, which, of course, is what we assumed would happen. wasn't guaranteed. They didn't state that was going to be the story all the way through or how it was going to end, mm-hmm. but you can assume. But I thought it was going to be focused on her. It was going to be her journey after the Death Star was blown up, and she was like, well, what the hell do we do now? Well, it isn't. Yeah. Her her storyline's wrapped up pretty quick. They throw in these crazy missions like Lando and, and other characters on the different maps that you use in the multiplayer mode. Mm-hmm. So it's like they were like, well, we don't want them to actually create new areas or anything. Let's just take chunks from our multiplayer maps and figure out a reason why people or somebody would be there doing a thing that is you know in the canonical world of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. So like you said... All reports are stating that it does give you some really cool, fun Star Warsy moments. The dialogue is fantastic. The voicing's really good. Mm-hmm. But there's no real story. There's no real meat on that bone. It's just a bunch of random little things here and there with a light story of this chick whom you don't end up really caring about because it's so quick. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, here's the thing, here's the thing. Events take place. All of a sudden, you're back. You're a good guy. Another story ends. Random things happen. Here we go. And it's like, okay. So tying back to literally our first topic of the night, when the multiplayer servers go offline, this is not a single-player story. You're going to play over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just going to go, oh, hey, I'm just in a weird multiplayer map with some NPCs. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, man, wish I could play against actual humans. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> just- so it's like the single-player, from every, all accounts, may... Okay, mm-hmm. I guess. Multiplayer, wonky issues. Some modes are okay, but a lot of them are not that great. I'm like, man, <laughs> this game, it got beat up before it got released, just getting mm-hmm. smashed with all these accusations and problems with the microtransactions. And then it comes out, and you're just seeing sixes, fives, sevens here and there, and just mm-hmm. all these, it's okay, I guess. Uh, it might be okay. If you like this game and you're okay, it's okay, I guess. That is just, it's terrible for this game that you uh-huh. know they had to spend a freaking fortune on. And not just a fortune, but just the manpower to make this thing happen. Oh, yeah. Because one thing I will say, the graphics are freaking amazing in this mm-hmm. game. It's top tier, 100% AAA all the way. So you know money was thrown at this, and it's just getting shot over and over again. And it really makes me hope that this can be like a a, a division or a an Ubisoft redemption story. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, even outside of Ubisoft, like a a Final Fantasy fourteen when it just got shotgun, 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 and they went, all right, we're just gonna redo the whole thing and remake all the systems. And look, and everybody loves it now. But this, I I, I don't see it coming out of EA. I feel like there's too much. Plus, like we've said before, there's too many layers here. There's the e- there's the development people. Then there's the EA people on top of the development people. Then there's the Disney people with the Star Wars people in that, reaching all their tendrils and fingers down through all the different layers. So I feel like if this was you know a smaller team, a smaller kind of title, they could fix this like. You know, obviously it would still take a few months, but they could fix it and make it nice and shiny. But I feel like there's going to be too many... It's like trying to get down into the center of that onion to find somebody who can fix it. But I I don't think it's going to happen. I can't see it happening. I feel like this one's just going to float through 
and it's gonna at the end of the day, I think it's gonna make its money back. Oh, because yeah. it is a Star Wars title and a Battlefront title, but I don't think it's gonna make the money they wanted it to make. And especially since it's Christmas season. Oh, Jimmy really loves Star Wars. Here you go, Battlefront Jimmy. Battlefront too. Ba-ching. Yeah. Yep. And and before we tie it all up and finish things out, I did want to state just so everybody does know, since it's kind of a review as well. Uh, the multiplayer modes that I have mentioned several times now, there's five of them. There's Galactic Assault Mode, there's Strike Mode, there's Starfighter Assault Mode, there's Blast Mode, and there's, lastly, the Heroes vs. Villains Mode. Mm-hmm. So all you Battlefront 1 players, you probably know what most of those are. Others, you got your Deathmatch, you've got your Heroes vs. Villains, which is exactly what it is. You just play as the big dog characters and go mm-hmm. head-to-head with one another. Starfighters, you're in space and on the you know the Hoth, kind of flying around, shooting in one another modes, that kind of stuff. Your Strike Mode is an 8-on-8 objective-based um, campaign mode, you know, things going on, vehicular battles, da 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 And then your huge one is your Galactic Assault Mode, which is a 40-player, large-scale, whole environment just going ape crap. Nice. That so, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and they sound cool, and from what I hear, some of them are fun, you know, some of them are not so fun, but it's always just eh, average okay, okay, I guess. I, I've been hearing good stuff about the, the Starfighter mode, people saying that it's kind of, like you know, has that Rogue Squadron feel of back mm-hmm. in the day, that they really wish that was blown up into its own game. I mean, Why can't that's... we just make a Rogue Leader, a Rogue mm-hmm. Squadron, you know, let's just do that. <laughs> <laughs> what can I get? Where's my Ace Combat game? Like, to even... <laughs> Why can't I fly a, a vehicle that and shoot down a person and have fun doing with it? With great controls and a good time. <laughs> Why? Why? Oh, my goodness. So I guess that wraps up our, our review slash talk around of Battlefront 2. I'm sorry, EA and I'm sorry, Disney EA, and Star Disney, Wars. Dice, Criterion. Oh, Dice especially. Because those guys are freaking awesome. They make awesome games. Yeah, they do. And I hope that they bring this one around. I hope that the DLC comes together. I hope that they find an awesome solution for the microtransactions. Mm. And just little patches here and there, fix things up, things that people are complaining about. Get the progression system changed up a bit. There's a lot of work. It can be done, but like you said, there's a ton of layers. There's all sorts Mm. of issues that need to be fixed and tinkered with. It's ah, This game was supposed to be amazing, and unfortunately, (laughs) it seems like it's only okay. And that's sad. So I tried <laughs> I tried to bring the podcast up on a happy note, but we're going out on a downer. It's time to wrap it up. <laughs> it's time to wrap it up. I agree. <laughs> Imposters wrap up. Uh, so have you guys got any thoughts about Star Wars Battlefront 2, about games as a service, about this whole online everything? What's going to happen to your online game when it goes away? If you got any thoughts on that, send us your feedback. You can do that via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. And we do have a Patreon set up. We have a lot of lovely patrons already. We appreciate that. We appreciate all of you. And you know what? You say, hey, you guys did a great job. What do I got to do? Hey, head on over to our Patreon. Throw us a buck. Throw us five bucks, hundred bucks, fifty bucks, whatever it is. It's a tip jar. You think we did a good job? Go toss us a bone because we appreciate it. It helps the show. helps us get things we need for the show, all that good stuff. And if you can't do that, that's okay because money is important. You can also just give us feedback, thumbs up, 
five-star ratings, all this other good stuff just to bolster us on the interwebs. That's right. And, of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we'll be back in your ear holes on the 12th of December for our very next episode. And you can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as Eric said, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. Hey, and if that's all you got for us today, Mr. Matt... That's it, man. Oh, let's just say that. Don't, Don't forget, forget to, to say... say.